online, please go ahead and uh, comment. All right. How would you define neglect? How would you define neglect? Someone online, go ahead and comment. Throw that up there. Here today, open forum. Come on, someone. How would you define neglect? Shout it out in church. Don't act like shy. Neglect, turn away. Okay. Someone else? Your words. How would you define neglect? Don't pay any attention to the person or thing, okay? Silence doesn't make me uncomfortable. Not fulfilling needs, okay? All right. I, I'm hoping one of the men, too. We got three female answers. Thank you. I need a man. I want, I want to hear a man's perspective, too. To ignore, okay? Abandon, all right? These are all good. Neglect. What is neglect? Webster's Dictionary defines it as this. To give little attention or respect to disregard. To leave undone or unattended to, especially through carelessness. Neglect can be dangerous, expensive, time-consuming, fatal, against the law, and even unhealthy. And so this morning, I want to speak on this topic, the danger of neglect. The danger of neglect. Lord... Thank you so much for every man, woman, and child who has joined us here in-house and who has tuned in online. Father, I know that this message, it's from your word, so it's going to impact someone's heart, mind, and life. But help us to be receptive so that it accomplishes everything that it desires to accomplish here this morning, not only in this place, but across the world for people who are tuning in. And God, I pray that your word would come to life in a marvelous way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I've been a little bit busy since the weather's changed. The weather's changed a few times. Like, I feel like spring was colder than, than normal. But then, like, somebody just hit the switch, and we just shifted right from, this is kind of how it used to be in Wisconsin. Like, you didn't have springs and falls. It was just, like, snow, 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 so hot, snow, 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 so hot. And, and so, this is where I grew up. So here, it's like, we went from zero to 60. We went from, like, you know, well, not that, that was a, that was a wrong terminology. We went from, like, 50 to 95. If you've ever thought that hell is not going to be that bad, just hang out outside. Do yard work for a few days when it's 95 out, and you're going to be like, Lord, I'm ready to be more committed to you than ever before. Let my consecration deepen right now, Lord Jesus. And so uh, I have to cut the grass today, and it's 95 degrees out or something like that. So if anybody's looking to make some money, see me after service, and uh, I'll tell you my, my address where I live. But Neglect, you know, I neglected my yard just a little bit. Can we just be honest? Has anyone here ever neglected your yard? There are. Okay. Yes. The rest of you are either liars or don't have a yard. So, you know, it's funny because we'll look at that and we'll say, you know, like, oh, when somebody's got a nice yard, we're like, oh, they're, they're either rich and pay somebody or they're retired, you know, because taking care of a yard is a lot of work. It takes effort and energy and focus and, 
and, and no matter what, it, it just it gets, it can get out of control. The other day, my wife and I went to work in a large area of our back corner of our yard. There's a willow tree there. And uh, we realized that we usually, it'll take 30 minutes, and it looks amazing. So we started working together, and we quickly realized, like, she kind of looked at me and was like, what, what are we going to do here? Because the roots and the weeds and things had gotten mixed in with the good stuff so much. And, you know, there's a scripture on that, too. You tear the good with the bad, but that's a whole other message. But we, we had neglected it too long. It was overtaken with weeds, a disaster. When it comes to yard work, if you neglect it, you pay the price later. That's why most people, they, it's, they just say, well, I'm not... You look around, there's not a lot of nice yards in the world. How many, how many yards are in your neighborhood that you drive through and you go, oh, that is amazing. Look, at that's immaculate. They do an incredible job. Look at the grass. Look at the shrubs, the flowers. That place is gorgeous. How many times do you do that in your neighborhood? It's not, it's not a widespread thing. Because it takes hard work, and, and it's always easier to neglect than it is to maintain. But it's a disaster to try to fix something once it's been neglected. How about vehicles? Let's just keep being honest. It's a small group this morning. Has anyone ever neglected your vehicle? All right. I just hang on. Keep your hands up, because if I ever buy a car from you... Don't want to get one from you. Okay. All right. Have you ever? Now, let's keep being honest. This is fun. This is therapeutic for all of us and entertaining for me. But has anyone ever neglected getting gas in your car and you regretted it when you were on the side of the road? Raise your hand. Look at the people who have ran out of gas before. This is awesome. And some are just raising their hands for their spouses instead. How about online? Have you ever neglected? Come on, be honest. Let the whole world know. At least with us, we only know in this room. You're going to let the whole world know. Come on, have some guts. Say, I have ran out of gas before. I've neglected to grab gas. And you're on the side of the road going, why didn't I neglect to get gas? The light said I had 10 miles left. And I only drove nine. I should have been good another mile. Came across an article last week that was entitled, The Five Costliest Ways to Neglect Your Car. Five ways to neglect your car. Number one, never change the oil. Do people do that? I'm not a mechanic, but that's not smart. Number two, allow your oil to be low for too long. Three, ignore strange noises. I have a friend somewhere between the North Pole and the South Pole, the East Coast and the West Coast. Not in Missouri, so if you're, if you're feeling guilty, it's not you. And I got in his car, and it was like, and I'm like, hey, bro, do you keep your animals in the hood? Or He's like, oh, man, it's been like that for a while. And I'm like, well, <laughs> just because it's been like that for a while <laughs> doesn't mean it's a good thing. Like, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable staying in this vehicle on this ride. 
Oh, man, it's fine. It's been the pump, pump, dump, 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 pump, pump, pump. Ignore strange noises. Number four, driving on old or improperly inflated tires. By the way, that's not my call. Five, driving your car aggressively when it's unnecessary. Typically, you grow out of this. Number five, driving your car aggressively when it's unnecessary. Some of you are smiling and shaking your head that I'm never going to grow out of it. Hey, there's hope for you at some point. Neglecting your car because you either don't have time or money will cost you more time and more money later. Speaking of buying and driving cars, neglecting to save for a car will end up being more expensive. You know, we're at that point now. I don't think anybody in life, my wife said, you got to be careful. Some people like this. I disagree. Correct me online. Say, if, if you're one of these people, let me know. Maybe raise your hand. I don't think anyone ever goes into life and says, man, one day, I hope to drive a minivan. Does anybody, I mean, like, is anybody like, man, I, I am looking for, I love minivans. Is there anybody here that, anybody online? I, I just, I've never met a person that says, bro, have you seen that sweet minivan that's at the corner? That thing is fast. It's got, it's got rims. I mean, throw a lift kit on a minivan. Like, who does that? Well, my, my wife and I got a minivan. After our third kid, I almost bought a bumper sticker that said, I used to be cool. I went to work out at the gym the other day, and I have a nice truck that I'm blessed with. Thank God. And I drove my wife's minivan to the gym, though. And the trainer there looked out and said, bro, you drive that truck, but then your other car is a minivan? I said, dude, it's my wife's. I mean, I don't think anybody says, I can't wait to get me a minivan. That only happens when you got so many kids that you're just like, get in the back, go back there, flip on a DVD. You got your own climate, now be quiet, we're driving somewhere. I tore the seat, who cares, I, whatever. I spilled soda, that's fine, wipe it up. Are there ants back there? Then just be quiet. You can tell I'm bitter. And you can tell my last son, my last child, last child turned five. And we are ready. I listed our minivan yesterday. So if you're looking for a minivan, woo, just send me a message. I got a good one. Never been spilled in, never been. Uh, uh, uh. We are ready to jump out the minivan stage. Go back into the world of SUVs. Now they can buckle themselves in. Hallelujah. Things that you never think about, like milestones, like, hey, my kids can buckle themselves in, wipe their own bottom. This is, this is great. Am I getting too transparent this morning? Am I good? Everybody good? And the single folks are going, oh, my Lord, I'm never having kids. <laughs> uh, Noah's like, I'm going to keep driving my Corvette. That's it. 
Oh, man, having kids is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's one of the greatest things in life. But when we started looking at we we take our time. I don't like to need a car to before I go buy a car because then what happens is you just jump at one. I start looking for months in advance. And if I need to drive three hours, I'll drive three hours to get me what I want and a good deal so I don't rush. I've already been looking. But, uh, but my kids have driven with us in some places. And you walk into a car lot. I mean, there's a lot on a car lot. There's Joe Schmo's lot in the corner that says, oh, I'm reputable. And you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> then you go to a reputable dealer, and sometimes you leave going, I don't think they're real reputable either. And so you just try and navigate these waters. But my kids will walk in, and, oh, that's a nice car. And they don't understand, hey, we, mom and dad, we're not spending $65,000 on a car. Why not? It's a nice car. Oh, I agree. It's a nice car. But we're not taking that loan, and we're not going to pay 65000 Why? Because if I neglect saving for my vehicle. I tried to explain this, just had this conversation with my kids. I think here I got it. And I talked about how if you say, borrow money from a bank to purchase that car, let's say I say, well, you know what? I'm going to get a $26,000 car. And what happens is you pay $33,000 for a $26,000 car that in six years is worth $6,000. Cars are really bad investments. Oh, this car holds its value. No, it's, no, no car holds its There's no car that holds its value. Okay. Attitude of rebellion back there. So, here, I mean, here's the thing. So, you just say, okay, I want to walk in and I want to pay cash for my car because I don't want to pay the bank extra because I neglected to save. Now, I know that goes against some theology and you live your way and I'll live mine. But, I've also sat in marriage counseling across from couples who have neglected their marriage. The problems are rooted so deep because one or both of the spouses have neglected dealing with the issues. They hoped they would just go away. They hoped they would just magically get better. But good relationship, it requires hard work. See a theme here? It gets even more serious than all this. We've laughed, but child neglect is a form of child abuse. This is a deficit in meeting a child's basic needs, including the failure to provide adequate supervision, health care, clothing, housing, as well as other physical, emotional, social, educational, and safety needs. If children are neglected, it will affect the rest of their entire life. The whole rest of their life they will deal with the effects of being neglected. Children can be taken away from parents or guardians. Charges can be filed. People can even be prosecuted for child neglect. Neglect, it cuts you slowly. It's over time like a death from a thousand paper cuts. You bleed out the same, but you don't see neglect coming. It's stealthy, sneaky. It feeds on itself, and it just spreads everywhere. One day you fail to do something trivial. Tomorrow, it's even easier not to do it. It's not big of a deal, okay? It's a small thing. It's a, you know, that's why exercise is tough. 
damn it, like, man, I'm messing with my Carlo, my exercise. Like, I'm just stepping on all these sacred cows right now. I'm sorry. But who, who says, you know what, hey, I'm skipping the gym today. And then tomorrow you wake up and go, whoo, now that I got a day of rest, I'm pumped to go work out. Doesn't usually happen. What happens is we miss a day and two days becomes three days. And, you know, 37 years later, you're like, man, I love potato chips. <laughs> Fudge rounds are amazing. Little Debbie's, they're great. Because we don't typically say like, oh, yeah, I, got, I, I took a week off and now my body's healed and I'm ready to get back at it. <laughs> no, it's tougher to get back into exercise once we neglect it. And so with neglect, days and weeks go by, then years, and the neglect has caused serious damage without us even noticing it. It's like a, a fog. Well, it's kind of, visibility's a little low, and before you know it, the fog's rolled in. Visibility's zero. We can't even see in front of us. With neglect being so costly, dangerous, deadly, how much more should we be concerned about spiritual neglect, not just the physical things? The writer of Hebrews asked a pointed question when it comes to spiritual neglect. Hebrews 2, 1 through 3, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed, the more earnest heed. Pay more attention to the things that we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received just recompense of reward, how shall we escape how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which was at first to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us that heard him? We have been given this amazing salvation, this incredible salvation. And he says, what are we going to do if we neglect such a great salvation? What are we going to do if we neglect this? Because we've been given this, and, and, and it's, been, it's been placed in our hand, this beautiful truth of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, that we were able to repent of our sins, have those sins washed away in the waters of baptism, be filled with His Spirit. We've been given something so amazing. But what can happen? What can happen? If we neglect it, hey, I can slip. I can let it go. I can forget. People, I loved it when they said, oh, now that we've been apart for this long, when we get back to church, we're never going to forget the value of gathering with one another. I wish that was true. I'm not trying to be a naysayer, but I wish it was true. Chances are we'll probably forget in just a few weeks. Just real, just being real. But what happens if we neglect, if we, if we forget the word? It's, the word neglect, is the, when he wrote this in Hebrews, this was not just some casual inquiry. Hey, you ever thought about this? It was a hard-hitting question that forced people to go, man, what happens if I neglect such a great salvation. The word neglect does not imply opposition or resistance. It's not a battle word, you know. We could say, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers 
And we can, we can just be going, and this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my, we're like, Ugh. we just feel like, man, I'm, I'm a warrior Christian. I'm ready to go to God in prayer. I'm ready to say, in the name of Jesus, rise up. In the name of Jesus. But then you hear about neglect, and you're like, well, that's not really, not really a big deal. It's not a battle word. It's not a fighting word. It's not a warrior term. And it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't even really seem dangerous. Some would say it's even harmless. But we know that's not the case. We just talked about it. Not, neglect causes things that we once valued greatly to slowly begin to deteriorate. You know, I don't know anyone who looks at their soon-to-be spouse on their wedding day, and they're standing here. Oh. There's stars in their eyes, and they're smiling at each other, and they're, oh, Lord, this is wonderful. They don't think about minivans at that point. They're looking, and with this ring, I thee wed, and then they go, but I'm concerned about neglecting you. Does anybody do that? I mean, like, with this ring, I thee wed. With all my worldly goods, to thee I am now. In sickness and his health. But, but I'm, I'm really concerned about neglect in your life right now. People don't go to the car salesman, salesperson, and say, I'm ready to buy that car. Man, I'm excited. You turn it on. You're like, I'm just really concerned. I'm, I'm probably going to start neglecting this soon, though. People don't do that. Just like that, people don't weep at an altar. Repent of their sins. Come out of the waters washed in the name of Jesus. Begin to speak in tongues as you receive the Spirit of God for the first time. Anybody remember that? There's been hurt, and maybe you got hurt in church, church leadership. Maybe somebody let you down. Somebody gossiped about you, and it just got off track. Things got messed up. But can you just remember when you wept and cried in the presence of God? And God, in, in, in all the imperfect people, let's just, just, let's just get them away for a second. It's just, it was you and God, and you were filled with the Spirit of God. And you began to cry and pray. No doubt you didn't just stand up and go, all right, now I'm going to start neglecting him. It doesn't happen. Now, instead, it starts with just missing a church service. Choosing to buy something else before paying tithe. Deciding that you're too busy to participate in a ministry. It's too hard to get up early and pray, and fasting is just not fun. But it's not a big deal, though. I mean, like, I love God. I'm in the church almost every time the day that the, 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 the doors are open. I only miss occasionally. I, I still am faithful. Man, I pay tithes. I, I mean, you know, for the most part, I'm a pretty good person. And so we, right now, we can sit here and watch online and say, this message is for someone else. It's not for me. I don't neglect God. I love God. I want to serve God. But when we're not careful, neglect, it's the most dangerous thing in the world because it's not blatant sin. It's not just saying, I'm out of here, God. I'm no longer. Nobody, nobody I know really does that. 
that they, they, they repent of their sins, their walk with God. They don't just all of a sudden go, you know what? Yesterday I was on fire for God. Today I'm done. Yesterday was the, the, the 365th day in a row that I fasted and prayed and read the Bible. But today I'm just finished. I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. People don't do that. That's, it's a slow fade. That's why singers sing about that. Because it starts with just one day. It's not a big deal. I just missed the day of prayer. I didn't pay tithes on one check. I didn't serve on ministry for a season. So yeah, it's just, so who cares? I neglected something. I'm not a bad person. And nobody's saying you're a bad person. But if you're not careful, the neglect becomes the most dangerous part of your walk with God. There seems to be a mindset of spiritual lethargy that permeates humanity at large. We're so driven to succeed in so many areas of life. But oftentimes, spiritual areas take a back seat. But this isn't a new issue. When Stephen or Stephen, no matter how you pronounce it, addressed the Jewish council, right before he was killed, Jesus was just killed and resurrected and ascended into heaven. And Stephanie becomes the first martyr for Christ. And he looks at the Jewish council in Acts 7, 37. It says, Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up a prophet like me among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness. When the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai, and there Moses received life-giving words to pass on to us. He says, it's us. We're the Jews. He says, us. He passed it on to us. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wandered and wanted to return to Egypt. What's he saying here? He's essentially trying to let them know, hey, guys, look way back. Let me talk about what you know. You guys, the Jewish council, know the Old Testament, the Torah. You know it. And you know the story of how Moses was given words right from God that would have life changed their lives, saved their life, took them to a land of promise. They rejected his words. And just like that, there was going to be a prophet like him. And guess what? We just killed Jesus. You neglected his words. And now guess what? I'm sitting here today talking to you and you're neglecting mine too, he says. So he's sitting there trying to let this Jewish council know, guys, we got to stop neglecting this great salvation that Moses pointed to and Jesus pointed to, I'm pointing to, and you're neglecting it. And guess what they did? Drag him outside the city. We're introduced to a man named Saul who later has his name changed to Paul. And he holds the coats of all the people that were picking up stones and boulders and killing Stephen for his belief in Christ. Why? Because people who neglect things don't like to be called out on it. Now, I can talk about my willow. You come to my house and start saying, man, your willow looks like junk. What do you do? You need to shut your mouth. Don't talk about my willow. It's my willow. You've really neglected your vehicle. Well, you know, go drive your car. Stop talking about my car. Don't talk to me about neglect. We don't like that. Have you been sitting for a while? What, 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 what's time to serve in a ministry? You ain't going to tell me what to do. People who neglect things, they don't like to be called out on neglect. There's, we'd rather ignore it. Ignoring is easier. 
We would rather hope it gets better rather than take hard work and do something about it. Hear me. If you've drifted from God, if you can remember a time where you wept in the presence of God, and now you can't really remember the last time, if you say, one day I used to do this and be this and walk this way, serve in this ministry, read the word, I was so hungry, and today I'm not like that. If you have drifted from God, I can tell you unequivocally, beyond a shadow of a doubt, look at this. It, it, it is because you have neglected something along the way. Hebrews 2, 1 addresses this. We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Think about drifting. Have you ever been not the car drifting? I've never done that. It looks interesting, but if you're on a inner tube or something, you're just sitting there. You, it's not a speedboat. You're drifting. Your drifting is not going. It's not. You're not jet skiing or water skiing. It's just one wave at a time. Does it look like a wave? I'm trying to look like a wave. People are watching online going, what is that guy doing? But all of a sudden, you look back, and the shore is like, whoa. Better call the speedboat, because I ain't swimming. We just talked about exercise, and I, nah, nah. But all of a sudden, we drift. We go, how did I get this far? I tell you, it was, it was, it was one wave at a time. It was one, one neglect at a time. One neglected spiritual discipline at a time. To the point where we go, wow, that's, that's a long way back. But isn't it interesting, the writer of Hebrews addresses both neglect and drifting in the same passage. If you've drifted from God, I'm 100% sure it's because you've neglected something along the way. Neglect might be the most dangerous thing in humanity because, you know what, it's not viewed the same as abuse. It usually doesn't present immediate imminent danger. Spiritually, we don't need to be intentionally and actively rejecting the wooing of God's Spirit. We can sit on a pew, feel good about ourselves, and say this message is about someone else as we drift one more wave. That's not me. No, I'm, I come to church. I love God. No, no, no. No. But what could I be neglecting? That I'm just going drifting just one, one more wave. And before we know it, the car isn't running right anymore. The finances don't look good. The weeds have overtaken the yard, and we're in marriage counseling with our spouse. But even more dangerous, we've gotten used to going through full days without prayer. That we don't remember the last time that we walked around our home or knelt at our couch and prayed. We don't remember the last time where we sat down at a kitchen table and opened up the word. And just began to, to read about God's promises in our lives. Because I got used to going through a day 
without interacting with my King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and Creator of this world. And somewhere I got used to just doing it on my own, that I actually have started to believe the lie that I can do this without His help. The danger of neglect. To give little attention or respect to, to disregard, to leave undone or unattended to, especially through carelessness. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Hebrews 2, 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The first way to properly, and I'm wrapping up, address neglect, the first way is to acknowledge that it's there. To finally say, the message is not just for everyone else. The message is for me. I don't want to be, I mean, you read about the Apostle Paul. If there's anybody that has eternal security, I'm like, there's that guy. I mean, my goodness, he writes almost the whole New Testament. I mean, the guy's amazing. But then you read about Paul going, lest I preach to everyone else, but I myself am a castaway. Take heed that you stand lest you, lest you fall. And I'm like, come on, Paul, you don't need to worry about none. You got Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, writes all these Proverbs, preaches it amazing to everyone else, and doesn't follow his own words. I don't want to be a preacher that preaches some good truth to everyone else, and I don't follow my own words. I don't. Oh, yeah, well, that's a hypocrite. That'll hurt the church. I'm not, I'm not even saying the church. Me personally, I don't want to preach to everybody and myself, I'm a castaway. Oh, that would never happen. It happened, and it happens all the time. Because at some point, even the greatest men and women of God start to neglect. They don't just say, I'm done. I'm walking out that side door and I'm done. I'm never serving God. I'm done pastoring here. It doesn't happen that way. It happens with just one wave. You just drift. You just drift. And if it can happen to me, if it can happen to Paul, if it can, it can happen to you, it can happen to all of us. Why? Because we're human beings and when we neglect spiritual things, there's a, there's, there's a, a consequence, a repercussion to that. And so if you're here, there's, this is not the end. There's, there's hope in this message. The first place to start is by acknowledging neglect. Or they say, you know, oh my goodness, that's so far away, the, the, the shore, the journey. But the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Sometimes your greatest strength is, we, is realizing where the weakness is. Yeah, but so far, I still so far to go. But yeah, but I've come a few steps already. I'm not where I used to be. I, I've, I've started the journey. And now I'm setting up safeguards because I'm going to be more intentional today than I've ever been in my life. I might not be. I'm still not where I was. 
Sometimes the enemy of, of the greatest enemy of progress is always comparing yourself to where you were. Man, that's a good tweet right there. Sometimes the greatest enemy of progress is looking back and comparing yourself to where you were. Oh, I'm never going to forget that. God's got a fresh start. He's got a new beginning. Just start to look forward and say, you know what? I'm going to start this journey. I'm going to be more intentional today. I'm going to start, start going. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, sick of just, I'm sick of just laying and drifting and just going wherever life takes me. I'm going to do something here today. I'm going to take the first step. I'm, uh, so, so where's your journey? Where are you going to go next? Where are you going next? Stephen addressed a group of men who had just rejected Jesus and they were rejecting him. Today, Jesus is once again reaching to you through a preacher just like he did back then. Don't make the same choices they did. Don't put off something to tomorrow that you can take care of right here, right now. You're not going to go from that place over to here overnight, but you can go from that place to right here. So what have you been neglecting? Where have you been drifting? Acknowledge it, and now let's do something about it. I invite you right now, where you're at, you can stand to your feet, raise your hands, kneel down at the pew, just don't neglect to respond to God right now. Don't neglect responding to Him. Oh, this message is for somebody else. No, 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 it's, it's for me. It's for you. It's for all of us. I don't want to neglect responding right now to my God. He's reaching to somebody. Don't neglect repenting of your sins. Don't neglect being washed in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus. Don't neglect the opportunity to be filled with His Spirit. If you've done all those things, then don't neglect saying, you know what? Watch what my prayer life is going to be. Oh, I only read one chapter. That's fine if you've been neglecting reading any. One chapter is a great place to start. Don't neglect an altar call. Don't neglect responding to God right now. Oh, in your name, Jesus.
become. 